2: KMOX, this is Johnny Rabbit. Well, I think we have the uh, the mascot here. Can you do that, that sound that we just heard? <coughs> hey, that's good. <laughs> they don't even have to audition anybody for that. Well, welcome back, KMOX listeners, to this second edition of the Johnny Rabbit Sunday afternoon at-your-service show. At-your-service, a tradition that Robert Hyland started decades ago with the idea that the guests make the show and that the most important thing for the announcers... So remember, and sometimes that's hard to do, is that at-your-service programming is designed to be of interest to the listeners. So with that concept in mind, here's a preview of coming attractions that we will hear from today. Andy Hahn uh, and uh, Valerie Schrempf Hahn will be here. Andy is with the Campbell House Museum. Mark Sunloff from Soldiers Memorial. Vivian Gibson wrote this wonderful book called The Last Children of Mill Creek. And our friend Peter Mayer that you know from this station for so many years as the White House CBS Radio White House correspondent. He'll be along later on. And some other special features. So we have Mark um, Sunlove right now. We've just been admiring your building, Soldiers Memorial. Look at it out
3: our window. It's so big. Yeah, it's a big and gorgeous building.
2: You know, we, I just did a ghost tour of St. Louis, and we didn't come to see any ghosts there, but <laughs> we were at the Campbell House, and this drive, the bus driving, and we were just a block away, and it, it was very imposing to see as the bus slowly drove by how big this is. A lot, it's kind of isolated in a way. It's not right on a big major street. It's between Pine and Chestnut, 13th and 14th,
3: right.
2: and it's been there since 1938?
3: That's correct, yep. 38, it That's opened,
2: correct. and... Uh, it didn't have really much of uh, a change in it for a heck of a long time.
3: Yeah, it it uh, for 38, you know, opened in 38 and then uh the city owned and operated it all the way up until 2015 and then at that point they entered into an operating agreement with the Missouri Historical Society and part of that uh agreement was putting the building through a, a really significant renovation that Took care of a lot of deferred maintenance and a lot of other issues that I I could go into. But (laughs) yeah, there there were a lot of changes for those first nearly 80 years of its existence. Um, The block to the south, uh, which we refer to as the Court of Honor, did kind of expand and grow uh, over those years with the addition of memorials that recognize those who had lost their lives in service. Since the original construction. Uh, but other than that, it was it was pretty stable. Um, yeah, it was. Yep. And no, then
2: no air conditioning either.
3: No air conditioning yeah. until very recently, <laughs> <laughs> which is a hard to uh, fathom in, in St. Louis in, this, in the summertime.
2: And a lot of money, $30 million or so, to, to redo the place. This is, wasn't just a, uh, a little makeup to it. I mean, this right. was everything.
3: Yeah, that $30 million uh, went into things like like air conditioning, which we had just mentioned, but really there were a number of issues, uh, a lot of us accessibility issues with the building oh. um, in terms of, you know, folks, if they had some walking challenges sure. or in wheelchairs or whatnot. And so we pulled together a uh, accessibility committee that had a lot of disabled veterans and other folks uh, in the community who advised and, uh, you know, really played kind of a guiding role in changes. So now the building is... You know, 100% accessible to to folks who have any kind of uh, challenge w- with mobility, and that's been a critically important change in the in the building. Yeah, I
2: can imagine that that is now. Uh, Mark Sunlove is here from Soldiers Memorial, uh, the Soldiers Memorial Military Museum. I guess is the the full name, and your title there is I'm
3: the uh, director for Soldiers Memorial. Yeah.
2: You get a lot of help from a lot of people who work there and volunteer, I'd imagine.
3: Absolutely. We have a a small staff um, who, you know, is on site at Soldiers regularly, uh, but we are bolstered by the staff at the Missouri History Museum, all under the same umbrella of the Missouri Historical Society. So we receive a lot of support from the staff at that location. But the team at Soldiers is fairly small, uh, but really also, as you mentioned, reliant upon volunteer work as well. So we have Volunteers who both provide tours of the galleries and the outdoor spaces, uh, but then also, you know, assist us with greeting guests and being there at the front door as visitors come in and orientating them to the space. You
2: mentioned the outdoor space. So, what would a visitor see outdoors?
3: Yeah, so the outdoor tour, which we offer uh, free once a month, uh, that really gets into a lot of the architectural features. There's a lot of symbolism that's uh, embedded in the the different details of the memorial itself. Um, And then also, you know, the outdoor space is really the area where the memorial aspect of uh, Soldiers Memorial is really fulfilled. And that's both in the building itself, but then also in that court of honor to the south. Um, And, you know, there's not a lot of explanatory panels or other things outside there. So doing those outdoor tours really lets people know what they're looking at and getting a, a better understanding of that space. Um, so that's a, a critical aspect of what we do. And then the indoor tours uh, are really uh, looking just at the galleries themselves and getting a, that that history lesson, so to speak.
2: Now, how often do you have the indoor tours?
3: Uh, those we, d- we do by appointment, and we do those with adult group tours. Um, so folks, you know, we get a lot of... Folks who are either like assisted living situations or, uh, you know, rota- Rotary Clubs and other uh, sorts of organizations will contact us and get their groups uh, through the memorial on a tour that way as well.
2: So about of, you know, you said volunteers. What if somebody listening says, hey, this is a great thing. I'd like to be a volunteer. What yeah. do they do?
3: Yeah, certainly uh, uh, either go to the website, mohistory.org slash memorial, M-E-M-O-R, IAL, um, and get some contact information there, and certainly would love to, uh, to bring more, always looking to bring more volunteers on, uh, the more the merrier, and uh, certainly there's always roles and important functions that they can help us fulfill.
2: Parking. What do you do about parking?
3: Uh, Parking's, I would say that parking in downtown St. Louis is uh, not as challenging as a lot of folks think. There's actually a lot of parking spaces around the building. Uh, It is metered parking. Uh, There's a very convenient app that can be used, but rarely uh, are there situations where parking's not available. Uh, It's not free parking, and we don't don't have a dedicated parking lot for the building, um, so it really is that metered street parking. But there's you know, unless there's a, a blues game going on, which doesn't impact us a whole lot, because those are typically in the evening, um, you know, there's usually ample parking available.
2: Now, what about an entrance fee? People pay to get in, or is it free?
3: No, it's absolutely free, yep. And we we certainly appreciate donations, and we have that opportunity in the, uh, in the entrance area, but it's absolutely free, and we really encourage folks to come learn more about St. Louis and you know, how St. Louis has contributed to military service really all the way from the Revolutionary War through today. So it's it, it, you can learn quite a lot inside those galleries.
2: Typical time spent by someone coming in and seeing, and you know, most of it.
3: Usually about one to two hours um, is it we get people through there. And our guided tours last an hour. Uh, so Uh, always depends on whether or not you are what we call a label reader in the uh, museum (laughs) world. If you're really into reading all the labels, that's the distinguishing factor into how long you're going to be there.
2: And what do you do about money? Where is the funding? I mean, it's all this uh, $30 million is done, but you have to have upkeep every year. You've got uh, guards to pay, electric bills to pay, and all that. Where does that money come from? Yeah,
3: great question. So, you know, we certainly are reliant upon uh, donations from the community. They help us a lot, but primarily our operating budget comes from an endowment uh, that was established uh, during the uh, during the renovation of the building and that's the uh, the bulk of the operating budget but that needs to be supported by additional donations uh, from the community to really make sure that we're meeting our bottom line every year
2: so we talked about outside now inside are there some basically permanent exhibitions
3: Correct. So there's there's essentially three levels to the building. And the, the main level uh, is home to the two uh, what we call core galleries. And this is telling an exhibit that's called St. Louis in Service. And it really treats uh, St. Louis and St. Louisans and how they have served and contributed all the way from the Revolutionary War through today. And that's split uh, in between an East and a West gallery. But during the renovation uh, in that lower level, we transformed what the uh, city had been using for kind of an emergency operations center and some other functions. That was
2: big during the flood of 93.
3: Yeah, yep. So during the renovation, all of that, uh, the couple, a few years ago, all of that was removed and we developed a 4,600 square foot temporary exhibition gallery. And te- temporary meaning uh, exhibits uh, change out there, you know, more fre- frequently mm-hmm. than, than the other spaces, so... Uh, this, this month, we're really happy to announce that, uh, on November 11th, we're opening Vietnam at war and at home. And this is a, a full 4,600 square foot exhibit that looks at, uh, St. Louis and St. Louisans and how they, uh, contributed and were involved with, uh, the Vietnam conflict, whether it was in service over in Vietnam or, or, uh, activities that were happening happening back here in St. Louis. So,
2: so this cover is 55 to 75?
3: Yeah, basically, yeah. Always a, kind of a, an enigma when Vietnam actually started. Yeah. It was not a declared war, mm-hmm. so there's, uh, you know, historians debate about that. But, yeah, it's certainly that time period, 55 to 75, essentially.
2: Michael Venzo, involved with that?
3: Absolutely. Our military firearms and curator. Our curator of uh, military and firearms, Mike Venzo, he... Uh, uh, curated that exhibit. Uh, certainly has been working about the last three years to develop all of that content and storylines and get all of that uh, established, selecting artifacts and how they'd be displayed and how stories would be taught and, and the rest of it. So.
2: Well, we'll come back. We'll take a short break here, if you will. I want to talk about the parade. Veterans Day Parade is coming up. Excellent. And a little more about the Vietnam exhibition. And right. uh, one, you know, we we're all about sound. I want you to think about sound. as far as the museum exhibitions are concerned. This is Johnny Rabbit at your service on KMOX. Johnny Rabbit, we're at your service on KMOX, 21 minutes after one. Sunday afternoon, kind of a gloomy day, but no ice. Mark Sudloff. well, you like ice, probably.
3: I'm okay with ice. Yeah,
2: he was talking about his brother lives in where? Alaska. Where in Alaska? He said the name, and I don't remember.
3: Glen Allen, Alaska. Never heard of it. It mustn't be too big. No, not a big place at all.
2: <laughs> probably a lot of ice. There.
3: A lot of ice.
2: Well, hopefully we're not going to have any ice on the parade day. The 39th annual Veterans Day Parade is coming. Up this coming Saturday.
3: That's correct. this This uh, Saturday, November fifth, steps off at uh, 10, 10.30 a.m. at the corner of Eighteenth and Wash and Market. I'm sorry, Eighteenth and Market, right by the Union Station, yep. right there. Yep. And then comes straight down Market and takes a uh, right onto Fourteenth, and then passes right in front of Soldier's Memorial and uh, and then wraps up there at the uh, the next block at, at tucker and 13th so the place to be is at soldiers memorial sure. that's a, a perfect place to watch it that's where the the reviewing stand is and where will the reviewing
2: stand be south side or
3: north the, side the the south side of soldiers memorial right on chestnut street up on the uh, steps is where uh, lieutenant general john sullivan he's the uh, deputy commander of transport u.s transportation command he's coming to be the Grand Marshal for the parade. That's where he'll be and uh, reviewing the parade as it passes by.
2: Now, is he at Scott? Or? He's
3: at Scott. Yep.
2: He will be the keynote speaker. I'm sure other celebrities and uh, people of importance will be there. But there is a big run, a walk and a run before that. Nine o'clock in the morning. It's the St. Patrick Center 7th annual Veterans Day run. Now, do you know where that is Is going? Is it coming to the
3: memorial? Yeah, or? it actually starts right on uh, basically near the corner of 13th and Market is where oh, the, right where there, the start line is. And that's a partnership uh, between us and the city and St. Patrick's Center to really help, you know, bring more people down and raise more awareness about the Veterans Day parade and ceremony Um, And then following that, that I would add that there's a concert by the Red and Black Brass Band who really kind of got famous during COVID as they were playing the streets of different neighborhoods. Um, So they will be, uh, after that ceremony, uh, probably right around noon, they'll be playing a a concert from the Steps of Soldiers Memorial.
2: How big a group is that?
3: It's about six to eight, I want to say, folks. That'll be exciting to yeah, hear that live yeah. music.
2: I don't know. If I hope the weather. What's the weather forecast? Do you uh, check that for in advance? It's, it's
3: not looking great. I did oh. check it. And I, I, you know, everybody says, "Well, you got a long time yet," so it's going to change. But right now, it looks maybe a little drizzly, but we'll see. Last four years, it's been a beautiful day every day, so I'm I'm looking for a fifth, one more. <laughs> I was
2: there to uh, MC uh, Veterans Day uh, Memorial Service at the Soldiers Memorial, and I honestly forgotten the year, but uh, Rush Limbaugh. Oh really? Was the speaker. <laughs> oh wow! And it uh, it was really uh, we really had a big crowd, but I I've, I've right. been from our windows here sometimes you'll see you know, not many people coming. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's a it's always a push, you know, and we we're trying to make some changes with it. One of it one of those changes was having the parade end closer to the memorial, mm-hmm. so people can kind of congregate there and then adding the concert after the uh, ceremonial aspects. And we've tried to tighten up the the ceremony aspects and kind of get into the more celebratory aspects. And I think that's something I always have to remind people that, you know, Memorial Day is remembering those who lost their lives in service Veterans Day is really about celebrating veterans, so it's okay to be happy and to, and to feel good on Veterans Day. Uh, we can look at the th- those positive aspects of service, uh, so that's what we're, we're trying to push that. That's a good
2: point. I, yeah. I was just thinking about visiting a couple of times the World War One Memorial in Kansas City, and something that I noticed there, now I have not gone through Soldiers Memorial for quite a while. Do you have a lot of ambient sound or uh, war sounds or music,
3: yeah, and we do, especially in the opening uh, Vietnam exhibit, which uh, opens on uh, November 11th. The, we call them soundscapes, and it's kind of overhead sound. And oh, the that, the uh, exhibit's split into two halves: at war and at home. So, on that home side, you hear a lot of that music and uh, stuff that you think of when you think of the 50s and the in the early 60s. Uh, that's all embedded into that soundscape and making that a uh, Kind of creating that that atmosphere in the environment in the gallery space. Now that's
2: good because it really does create an atmosphere, and and, yep. and and it's very, it really gets people into what's going on rather than to see a static exhibit of some sort. That's yep. nice to hear. Now that uh, when is that going to open on the eleventh?
3: That opens November eleventh. That's correct. That, but uh, it's it's,
2: it's going to run for a while till when?
3: Oh yeah, you'll have a year and a half, about oh, eighteen great. months. It it'll close on Memorial Day of twenty twenty four.
2: Vietnam at war and at home and. What are some of the the major exhibits or things that people are going to see that you think are, are really going to attract people's attention?
3: I think the most compelling and kind of moving piece, at least for me, and this obviously is personal opinion, uh, but we have a, a fragment of Michael Blassie's flight suit. And Great. many St. Louisans remember the story of Michael Blassie, who at one time uh, was selected to be the unknown in the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers, but then through uh, DNA analysis and a lot of discussion and, and pressure from the family, uh, that, uh, that his body was eventually exhumed from that tomb, tested for DNA, uh, and proven to be Michael Blasi. So it's, it's an incredibly moving story. It's a story of service and sacrifice, uh, in memorial and how we remember individuals. So, uh, that, uh, That'll be a moving part of that exhibit for sure. It sure will.
2: So two things to cover for our final time with Mark Sunloff from Soldiers Memorial Military Museum. Uh, Coming up Saturday, it's...
3: Yep, be at Soldiers Memorial Saturday, November 5th at 1030 to see the Veterans Day Parade and cheer on our veterans. And Don't miss that. And then on the the following week, uh, uh, November 11th, Veterans Day itself, uh, we open Vietnam at War and at Home.
2: You guys still have that phone booth upstairs? We
3: do, and oh. people love the phone I, I booth. I've got
2: a picture in that phone booth. That's really great.
3: Yep. Yeah, Go
2: to see that. If you don't see anything else, go to see the phone booth.
3: Yeah, that's right. All right, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank Are going, you so going
2: much. over to the memorial now? Or?
3: Yep, I'm going to head over there right now, actually. Good for you. Keep Keep
2: it. It. All right. Thanks, Our appreciation. John. That's Mark Sunlove, obviously, of Soldiers Memorial Military Museum. Now we're going to visit another place near here. Uh, that is really near It's right across the street from us. The other is at 15th and Locust, former Lucas Place. That's the Campbell House Museum. I uh, will talk to Andy Hahn, the director of that museum, about it. And we had a great t- trip with there for our ghost tour of the Missouri History Museum last week. Uh, you're listening to At Your Service. This is Johnny Rabbit on KMOX. Hello. Good afternoon. This is Johnny Rabbit. We're here at your service. And with us right now, Andy Hahn has appeared magically from right up the street. They're at the, do you, you don't live there at the Campbell House. No, in, sir. You know, <laughs> you don't. What, does anybody live there?
0: Yeah, we have someone who lives in the carriage house.
2: Oh, good. Well, that's uh, a caretaker. That's very, very good. And Valerie Schrempf Hahn is Hello. is here. Hello. Move up a little closer to that microphone. Sure, And sure. um, uh, you've written some countless articles that I have enjoyed. Everyone I have Thank seen, you. I have enjoyed have written. And are they all in the post-dispatch?
1: They're all in the post-dispatch. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
4: Batch up. So I've been a full-time employee there um, in various capacities as a reporter for almost for more than twenty-five years. My goodness. Yeah. Well, yeah. good for you. Crazy. Yeah.
1: What
2: changes you've seen?
4: Oh yes. Oh, in the newspaper
2: business, <laughs> we've seen changes in the radio business. Yeah, we've got ah. to
4: figure out Twitter, and then maybe we might have to unfigure out Twitter. I don't know at this point, and yeah. um, all kinds of changes and people and. But yeah, oh yeah, it's a good people place to changes be. and
2: yeah. fewer people, I imagine, right, exactly. than when you started. Yeah,
4: we had a, a reunion actually, a newsroom reunion last weekend in Shaw Park and Clayton. Oh, and how neat! It was a lot of fun. Oh are, my over gosh! Over hundred of us, and uh, you know, a lot of good, good, smart people that
2: worked with in the past. Yeah, but yeah. We, we had a lot of reunions of Globe Democrat reunions, oh, yeah. But not yeah. too many people left from yeah, those yeah, days. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. We had a few holdovers from the Globe Democrat that came over the post-dispatch. Oh, so, sure. You know, I mean, and they've since retired, and, you know.
2: Well, it changes. Yeah. Same, same the radio. People are, are not always here. Right, but right, you think, oh, they'll always be there. Right, right.
4: But we've well, the weather, the, yeah, the weather
2: bird's always there.
4: Yeah, the bird's always there, so.
2: 1901. <laughs> Andy, now, what about you? How long have you been
0: the head of the... Uh, Campbell House Museum. I've been there almost twenty years. That's a long time. It is to have that
2: kind of a position. It is,
0: and it's an institution that has a knack of grabbing onto people and hanging on them, hanging onto them for a long time. So I have a long way to go to beat the record of an employee uh, <laughs> tenure there. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, is there somebody
4: that's been there for longer?
0: Uh, well, before me, yeah, before. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. over over thirty years. Some people have been.
2: So. Oh, oh, my yeah. goodness. Uh, you got a big staff of people there or just a few?
0: No, there's just uh, one other full-timer and a couple part-timers. So there's just four of us. Really. And what about volunteers? Uh, we have over 30 really ah, dedicated. Great. Great. We're a volunteer-driven organization. That we couldn't do it without them.
2: Well, we were just there for the Missouri Historical Society ghost tour. Uh, any ghosts there at the Campbell House?
0: Well, we I like to say we're not haunted, but we definitely have spirits. Uh, I know you do. Uh, spirits who I have myself heard walking around the house. Uh, You can hear footsteps periodically. It's probably most notable if you're down in the basement, and Mm. sometimes you hear someone, as plain as day, walk right above you. Um, Interesting. uh, But never anything menacing or terrifying, but there's definitely spirits still there. There's
2: something, what a history, what a house, dates back to 1851.
0: 1851, so that makes it over 170 years old, and the Campbell family lived there for Almost 90 years, and it's been a museum for almost 80. It'll be 80 years this February that the museum opened to the public for the first time. Wow,
2: that's something. That's at the southwest corner of 15th and Locust. Uh, parking, you have?
0: We got plenty of free parking for visitors immediately adjacent to the museum in our lot. But well, that's unusual. It is. Uh, you know, we, that's, we, that's, that's a great asset. We, yeah, we had a, the foresight of... Uh, 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 being able to buy a piece of a property next to the museum about 50 years ago. Hmm. So that was terrific.
2: Now, I was driving here today and came down to Olive and looking at the back of the house. It almost looks like there's more than one building, two
0: or three buildings connected. Well, the, the most people probably know Campbell House better from Olive Street, like you saw this morning, than from Locust Street, which is the front side, no, right because front, it's the bigger yeah. road and it's the road that sure. people travel more. But it is kind of a conglomeration of of, of three buildings none of which were originally connected. Um, uh, two of those are connected now, but it was the main house and and some uh, back buildings, a servant's hall and the carriage mm-hmm. house. So, And it's kind of a sprawling place. How many rooms? The main house has uh, over 30, uh, and then there were additional rooms in the carriage house and the servant's hall. And in the main house, those rooms are spread over seven different levels. <laughs> so if you... It's hard to don't get like around. In there if all. you don't like stairs, it's not for you. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah. I mean,
4: you, you can kind of keep track on your phone of how many steps you do a day sometimes. Oh, I, I yeah. mean, just
0: stair steps. I mean, you could easily do uh, 40 or 50 flights um, a day. Good. Between the ups and the downs, yeah. so that's my exercise. Are
2: you have you, your Apple Watch. Yeah. No, but I do it oh. on my phone. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and the gift shop was it? A, did you have a gift shop before when we took the tour? Everybody was excited about the gift shop.
0: Well, it's it. It's in a new location. So for the previous thirty years, the gift shop was always in the basement, what uh, was historically the laundry room. Hmm. And as part of an expansion that we finished last year, we were able to give the gift shop a, uh, a new designed, dedicated space for itself. And it's our biggest ongoing fundraiser, the gift shop.
2: Now, I know I was given a nice gift from one of our participants in our ghost tour, a box of Busy Bee candy. What's the, Now, Busy Bee was, and I remember as a kid, was a mm-hmm. really big candy company in St. Louis, but there's a connection. And now it's made by Chocolate, 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 the Abel Correct, family. today. Uh, and it's delicious. But what's the connection with Busy Bee Candy and the Campbell House?
0: Well, you're right that people of a certain age remember it because at its height, it was the pretty much the only name for candy mm-hmm. in St. Louis. They not only made candy, they had a tea room, and they made pastries and cakes. And uh, beginning in the early 20th century... Hugh Campbell, uh, uh, who, of course, lived in the Campbell House. Now, how is Hugh related he, to Robert? Hugh yeah. is Robert of Virginia's son. So okay. two generations lived in the house, Robert of Virginia and their children. Mm-hmm. And Hugh was the oldest of those children. And uh, beginning in 1906, he became the anonymous patron uh, for a Catholic priest named Father Peter Dunn, who mm-hmm. ran uh, was starting an orphanage here mm-hmm. in St. Louis for Newsboys, those parent boys on the street who were orphans and had no home and no place to live and apparently got up to all sorts of trouble. And so this priest started a home for them to live and he uh, solicited Hugh Campbell to be the patron to build their first building. And one of the things Hugh Campbell liked to do as their patron was to treat them on holidays like Christmas and Easter to candy. And his preferred source was Busy Bee. And we know in, in certain years, around 1910, 1915, that he could spend well over $4,000 oh on candy nice. in a year. We know that cuz we have his checkbooks. Oh. <laughs> uh and this is a time when their most expensive candy was maybe 30 cents a pound. Oh. So that oh, okay, it was a lot of candy. Oh. <laughs> a lot. That was a lot of candy. Did yeah. You ever see the movie Fighting
2: Father Dunn? I
0: have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pat,
2: Pat and, O'Brien has and
0: played that's the role, Father Yeah, Father Peter Dunn's story. Yeah. At the world premiere here in St. Louis at the Fox. Do you Theater, know the story of that? that premiere? No. Um. This is what's been told to me. I don't know how true this is. I'm assuming it's true that there, a, a film buff told me the story, and he said that uh, 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 the premiere, as you said, was at the Fox Theater. And I'm totally blanking on the star's name uh, uh, who played Pat Father. O'Brien. Pat O'Brien. You just said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was here for the premiere, and he came out to introduce the film. And the story that I heard is apparently he had maybe a little bit too much to drink um, before his talk, and it was evident. <laughs> And he kind of got booed off the stage. Oh, no. no. (laughs) But apparently they sobered him up and he came out afterwards and redeemed himself and got a big... Big applause. Right.
4: Well, so. right. That's a
0: good story. I've never we'll heard that one. Yeah. That. I'll
2: have to <laughs> research that to see if it's yeah. true, and I'll Who let you knows? know. <laughs> well, to, well, you never know. Maybe we could have research in the post-dispatch. Maybe. Probably. Yeah, Something yeah, about we'll that. that happened, we'll look in the
4: archives.
2: But now, we're going to be right back. We're going to talk more. I want to talk more to you, Valerie, sure. too, about your writing, maybe what's the most recent or what's coming up. Yeah. And we're doing all of this and At Your Service. This is Johnny Rabbit. We're here at We're here at KMOX. At your service, this is Johnny Rabbit and we have Andy Hahn, Valerie Schramf Hahn. Let's see what do we have. I guess the most important thing is tying a necktie. Oh, you yeah. just heard well, from your daughter, our, and our
4: daughter's gonna be trick-or-treating here this afternoon with some friends and she's dressing like Dwight Schrute from the office and it her costume has <laughs> a very ugly brown tie and she just texted, I don't know how to tie a tie I said, Well That's pretty some funny should know. <laughs> I'm
2: sure I'm sure they'll find <laughs> we're, somebody we're here go in to, to the YouTube That's what yeah, you should have to tell us. Oh yeah, yeah, YouTube actually. will show you everything. Right. Andy, when you leave here, you're not going back to the Campbell House. They're gonna—they're on their own over there today. You're going somewhere else now. Last last week it was uh, Targro Park's 150th anniversary, mm-hmm. but this is a different anniversary at a different park.
0: Yeah. So uh, from here, I'm going to Lafayette Park, uh, the oldest park in the city of St. Louis, uh, and today is the celebration of the 125th anniversary of the dedication of the guns of the HMS Actian which are three guns that were salvaged from a British man of war that was sunk uh, off of the coast of South Carolina in 1776. And they have graced the park as Missouri's only Revolutionary War monument uh, for the last 125 years. And so today is that anniversary, and there's a recreation and a rededication of them.
2: Oh, that's going to be interesting. 3 o'clock today. 3 o'clock today. Where in Lafayette Park? Uh,
0: Right in the middle of the park um, next to the uh, uh, Lakeside Pavilion there.
2: Oh, that's going to be exciting! That would it be is. a heck of a lot of fun as I long want. as it
0: doesn't rain too hard, right? <sighs> yeah, <laughs>
2: it's not raining now, is it? it yeah, not, kind of misting. Mist. It. Well, so it would it's not be fine. Too bad. Yeah. Sure, yeah. it could be a lot worse. <laughs> now, now, tell me about before. Before you came to the Campbell House Museum, what did you do then? Today? No, no. I mean, before you. Uh, oh, what there?
0: was my job? Um, mm-hmm. uh, I came from the brokerage firm, A.G. Edwards. And oh, so my gosh. Yeah. Well, I'll it's be It's a name dying. that people remember, but, of course, a company that hasn't existed for right. almost 20 years now, and I was the corporate historian and the curator of the company's art collection. They had a great art collection. They did, and they oh still my. do. Do they really? Just That's been, wonderful. It's uh, been absorbed into the greater Wells Fargo art collection, mm-hmm. and so it was fortuitous that they were purchased by, A.G. Edwards was purchased by a company that already had an existing kind of art collection, so that that worked well, and it's it's still there.
2: That's really interesting to hear. What about the Boatman's Bank Art Collection? Did you know whatever happened to that? That was a wonderful collection, too.
0: Yeah, well, the jewels of that collection, of course, were the George Caleb Bingham mm-hmm. paintings, and those, uh, thankfully, were do- donated to the St. Louis Art Museum, where people can still see them uh, today. I'm not sure what happened to the rest of it. That's a great quote. we we'll have quote, to find question. Out. Yeah.
2: Now at the Campbell House, what kind of art will people see when they see? I mean, we're seeing a place that is pretty much
0: like it was how
2: many years ago?
0: In 1885 is the Gosh. day we date we've restored it to.
2: 1885, and what type of art might they see? Are or, or photographs, Or paintings,
0: or... you mean like what the Campbells collected? Mm-hmm. Well, what what people can see right now? Oh yeah, so it's a it's a mix of of family portraits, of prints and photographs. Um, uh, biggest portrait or the biggest painting in the parlor is a scene from an Italian opera called Linda of Chamonix Hmm. Uh, and what the particular appeal of that subject matter was to the Campbells we're not sure but we know in 1860 it was exhibited at the um, first uh, organized art exhibit in St. Louis at a place called the Western Academy Um, the Campbells loaned it to that exhibit that's really interesting it's been hanging in the same spot since before the Civil War on the same hooks I might add (laughs) <laughs> well, pretty darn good.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, we checked them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, this is something that people, I mean, if you haven't been there, you're going to be amazed at how original this all is. When I've, I talk about historic houses in St. Louis, this is the one that is as close to you can get as the original stuff. I mean, everything.
0: Well, I'm a little biased, of course, but we do think we're the best. <laughs> Because of that originality, you're exactly right. Um, what are dishes, clothes? Oh, yeah, clothing, carriages, uh, light fixtures, um, uh, tables, chairs, paintings, mirrors. Uh, uh, perhaps the kind of craziest survivor is these four enormous mirrors in the parlor um, called pier mirrors and man- overmantel mirrors. And the mirror glass itself was made in Paris eight years before the Civil War. The glass is then sent to Philadelphia. The frames are made. Then they're shipped to St. Louis via river, and they've been hanging above these fireplaces since 1855. And so that's just an example of kind of how rare is, and yeah. and what a survivor it is.
2: And there was a book, what is it, The Gilded Table? Is that
0: the Yes. Uh, so it? Suzanne Corbett, mm-hmm. local food historian, um, compiled a, and wrote a cookbook called um, The Gilded Table uh, because we have always, from the museum's earliest days, interpreted food, Um, uh, and that's mainly because in our collection we have a a, a manuscript of more than 200 recipes written in Virginia Campbell's hand of, Mm. of... recipes that she collected from f- friends and families through the decades. So.
2: Now, Valerie, I don't want to forget I because I, do, I want to find out what you, what have you been writing lately? What would I be the most recent article? Lately.
4: Well, um, I'm in the features department, and so that means I do a lot of writing for Go Magazine, which is an entertainment magazine mm-hmm. that runs on Fridays, that comes out on Fridays, and then STL Life, which is kind of more of our lifestyle, you know, fun fun article type stuff that comes out on Sundays. So. We're kind of in the middle of the Halloween season, and I sort sure. of get started on that sort of thing, um, uh, you know, or, or obviously earlier than October because we, we really like to go out for all out for Halloween in St. Louis. There's a lot of events. Oh, isn't so, that the truth? You know, a lot of those yeah. event listings and stuff, and it's like a lot of scouring websites and contacting organizations. And um, I think for the most part, last year, people were sort of back to what they normally were back to um, before covid um, but now we're getting into the holiday season. Every year, I also like to try to do some sort of like haunted type of uh, story. Last year, you helped me out with the one on haunted hotels. Right. You told me some tales from the Chase Hotel, sure. and, uh, which is uh, supposedly haunted. Um, that's what this, they say. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> oh, this nice. year, I did a story. There's this museum up in Alton in the Mineral Springs Hotel. Oh, yeah. Also well, I saw haunted. That. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a, a newish museum called the Soul Asylum. It's in the space that was once occupied by the uh, Museum of Historic Torture Devices, which mm-hmm. the lady who ran that retired, and Thank they goodness. were friends with her and um, kind of took it over. And they've kept a few of the torture devices, so those are they're still there. They're, they're recreations. and uh, But then they're just real, um, they love local history. They love sort of weird and wacky stuff, so they they um, it's just very carefully kind of, Curated, and there's like an old embalming table from the Psychiatric Institute and, you know, <laughs> medical quackery things and a whole case of old Ouija boards. And, oh, that's good yeah, at this time yeah, of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that kind <laughs> of thing. My goodness. Haunted objects, haunted dolls, I mean, just really creepy dolls and stuff. So it was a real hoot going up there and, and kind of getting the tour from them. Um, right now I'm working on a story about um, – I cover kind of like the, the – You know, I, I joke that I have the fun beat. You know, I cover kind of like the fun things like the zoo and the botanical gardens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when the botanical garden just opened their big visitor center, I covered that. Um, working on a story now with the zoo um, on their hellbender breeding program. Mm. Um, we, haven't really, we haven't really done a... They, they, they're they really like the, the leader in, in um, trying to save Ozark and Eastern hellbenders. And uh, they're the only facility in the world that like works on Ozark hellbenders as... You Know they're the only ones that have this whole breeding facility for them, so doing kind of story on hellbenders and learning about them. Isn't I mean, I, I kind of you know everything, I, yeah, everything. It's just I, I kind of find myself being a quote unquote expert on these certain topics, um, for a little while and and you know telling Andy, you know, dumb little facts about whatever I'm <laughs> writing about, and then he's like, okay, great, <laughs> sure, but yeah, you know, and then oh, we're getting into the Christmas season, oh, so yeah, you know, yeah. um, you know, I've been kind of picking at my list of events for that for a while now and holiday lights up displays and that's mm-hmm.
2: that. a lot of that too yeah. so that's great yeah very it's yeah. always very interesting thanks yeah now do you work at home or do you go to the paper
4: um I, it kind of depends i mean since COVID, i've mostly been at home but it's all sort of kind of worked out <laughs> like at least for how i work you know I, I tend to be able to focus a little bit more when i'm at home but oh um, i can understand you know, once yeah. a week or every two weeks i go down to the office because we have uh you know planning meetings and that sort of thing and sometimes i just need to need to see people and be around people. <laughs>
2: Sometimes that's a good yeah, idea Yeah, today. maybe the dog needs a break for me. <laughs> well, Andy, what are some of the uh, uh, big events coming up? Uh, do you have any event right now that's related to Halloween? Well, we just ha- it just, it's passed. October. It was on Friday. It was All our right. twilight
0: Fun. tours. Uh, but on November 30th, we have our annual um, holiday historic house tour in conjunction with the Deminil Mansion mm-hmm. and the Fieldhouse Museum. So good. We've been doing this. Kind of combined Christmas tour for well over forty, maybe close to fifty years um, now. So it's a real tradition. Usually the old courthouse is part of it as well. Um, that's in probably, renovation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they're under renovation. So uh, until that's finished, they're they're out of the tour, so to speak. But they'll be back when the. T- and the renovations finished in a couple of years.
2: And what do you suggest uh, for a visitor that's coming, sees your house, sees the Campbell House Museum, oh, this is wonderful, this is terrific. I get a box of Busy Bee candy at the gift shop, <laughs> but I want to go get something to eat. Where do you suggest? Do you say, okay, go to this restaurant, or here's a list of places around here that are not too far away?
0: We like to keep people right on Locust Street, and that's the street that Campbell House is on. So we either say go up the street to the Schlafly Brewery and Tap Room, or go a little bit further to the Fountain on Locust. Uh, and so those are both nice, close places where you can get a great lunch. Yep, those are the two that I have on my list. Oh, well, good. <laughs> <laughs> then great then minds the, think alike. The tea rooms open
4: back almost. Yeah, the
0: London tea is room is, is just... They, are they serving food, though? I don't know. I don't, uh, they don't know. they are. It's it's by reservation. You can't walk in, but at 19th oh. and Locust. Yeah, they, they've just reopened there, I think, like a week or by maybe two ago. reservation. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. You, a reservation for a tea. If you go
2: to the Fountain on Locust, get the Johnny Rabbit special. It's a Johnny Rabbit Money Malt. Mm, Oh, it's so good. Uh, (laughs) I need to hear more about that. It's, uh, It's banana and chocolate. Together oh. mixed together with uh, some banana in it as well. Oh, okay. it's so rich and so good. And they have such great ice cream. How they does do. it
4: compare to the Crown
2: Candy chocolate banana shake Well no, that's uh it's uh, strictly banana. Oh
4: that's strictly banana. Uh, there's
2: no okay. chocolate in that one. Okay, Crown okay. candy, the Johnny Rabbit mm. malt at Crown Candy, which also is different than Oh,
4: there's a different Johnny Rabbit malt
2: at Crown Candy. Oh yeah, no, okay. no, it's that one at oh, Crown okay, Candy. Okay. At the, <laughs> and at uh Ted Rue's it's the Johnny Rabbit chocolate covered cherry concrete. Maybe we could get a Johnny Rabbit special at the Campbell House. I don't
0: I, know. I, hey, I'm all over it. It sounds like you got a thing going.
2: Oh man! Yeah. I, well, guys, I, thank you, thank you, well, both. Thank you for very very me. much pleasure. Yeah, so nice, so nice yeah. to have you both here. Thank, thank, thank you, you very much. Talk to you soon. All right, talk to you. This is Johnny Rabbit. We're at your service in KMOX, and we've got a special guest coming up in a few minutes. Who's written a book called "The Last Children of Mill Creek." It's quite a story. Wait till you hear about it? And uh, her name is Vivian Gibson. She'll be here soon. We're on KMOX. St. Louis.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.